In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I want to ask a question today, and actually, I'm going to ask the question probably several times, but I want each one of us to be asking this question of ourselves as well. And not just today, but frequently. And that question is, where is your heart? Or where's my heart? And I know physically where it is, but where is your heart spiritually? Let me start with a personal example. Uh, of course, I've said before, you know, the archdiocese sends out a thought of the day every day. And it comes in in the morning, and uh, last Thursday morning, as is my normal practice, I get up and I check my email first thing because something really, really important may have come in overnight that needs my absolute attention. So far, nothing has, but uh, someday maybe. But there was the thought of the day, and it was a quote from St. John Chrysostom. Actually, it was a fairly lengthy quote, and so I'm not going to read you the whole quote. Let me just read you a few things. What he's talking about is physically being inside the church building, okay? He said, it snatches people away from worldly affairs. You need only to set foot on the threshold of a church, and at once you are liberated from the cares of daily life. Go on into the church, and a spiritual dew will envelop your soul. It elevates your thoughts and prevents you from remembering things or matters belonging to the present life. And then he goes on and he says, how much more benefit will people derive from being present when the holy apostles proclaim the gospel? Christ stands in our midst. God the Father receives the mysteries that are performed, and the Holy Spirit gives his own joy. And I read that, and I thought, well, good for you, St. John. And I did what I usually do at 5.15 in the morning when I've checked my email. I deleted all the ones that came in overnight. Well, that was Thursday morning. Thursday night, we had the abbreviated acathist for the beginning of Advent. And so I came, got here a few minutes early, I sat in the back row in the chapel, and as I sat there, I could feel things starting to settle down a little bit inside me. And the service started, and we went through the Trisagian prayers. We uh, said Psalm 50, we said the canon, I'm sorry, we said the creed, and then they started singing the canon. And I almost felt like St. John Chrysostom was standing next to me with his arms folded with a little smile on his face saying, see, this is what I mean. Because I was transported at that moment. I really was. My heart was recentered at that moment. And that's what I think today's gospel lesson is actually all about. Now, we spent a couple of months already with St. Luke and the Lord in his ministry, we've had teachings from the Lord. He's, my goodness, we've had the parable of the sower and the seed. We've had the story of the Good Samaritan, the story of the rich man and Lazarus. We've seen some miracles from relatively minor things from, oh, maybe having a, a shoal of fish show up for the fishermen where minutes before nothing had been there. 
But the Lord has healed the Gadarene demoniac who had been possessed by so many demons that their name was Legion. The Lord healed the woman who'd had the flow of blood for 12 years as she just touched his garment. And just for good measure, he's raised from the dead two people, the widow's son and the daughter of Jairus. And so we get to today's parable. And what we have, you know, you know I love parables because they tend to be, put things in such simple terms for me that my thick skull can understand a lot of things. But we get a lesson today a little bit different from some of the Lord's parables. He doesn't start it off by saying, the kingdom of heaven is like, and those are the simplest ones for me. But what we get today is a lesson in how we as the citizens of the kingdom are to behave. We get what we're getting today as a lesson in greed because the man in the parable, where was his heart? His heart was on the things on the earth. But let me give some context because, you know, I read these things and, and oftentimes I say, okay, why did the Lord tell this parable? And so I start backing up. And I understand we can't, we, we'd be reading two or three chapters sometimes uh, for the gospel lesson, but I start backing up and I say, okay, I see why he did this, but why did, why did the Lord do that or say that? And so I actually got as far back to where the Lord sat down at dinner with some of the religious leaders. And he sat down and started to eat, and the leaders took him to task because he didn't wash before he ate. Now, I don't think you should take the Lord to task because what came next is some pretty, uh, well, if the Lord said to me, woe to you, Gary, I would think I was in trouble. But what he did is he got on a roll and he told the Pharisees, woe to you Pharisees. You clean the outside, but you don't take care of the inside. You're hypocrites. Woe to you scribes. And then an ill-advised lawyer stood up and said, you know, wait a minute, you're lumping us in with this too. Well, all of a sudden the Lord said, woe to you lawyers who put burdens on people and you won't lift a finger. Where are your hearts? That's what he could have said. Not just woe to you, but where are your hearts? And I think we need to pay attention to that. When the Lord says woe to you, stop and think, okay, what do we need to do? Well, the Lord leaves, and of course the uh, religious leaders begin to plot. Uh, they figure they don't need to, to deal with him much anymore. They're going to get rid of him. But the Lord leaves, and, and it says after that, it says in the meantime, when an innumerable multitude of people had gathered together so that they trampled one another. So he's got this large crowd of people, and he's teaching them, and he's teaching them about hypocrisy. And then somebody from the crowd asks a loaded question. And it's, it's actually not a question. It's, it's, it's a request, but more so, I think it's a demand. And what he says is, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Now, where was this man's heart? Once again, we have a problem here with where our hearts are, are pointed, where, where, are, where we're seeking the things in our life. 
And then what the Lord says next is, is what leads actually to finally today's lesson. In the verse preceding the parable, after this man says, tell my brother to split the inheritance, the Lord says, take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of things he possesses. I'll say it again. One's life does not consist in the abundance of things he possesses. In other words, where is your heart? Where is your heart? You know, it's quite a difference from our culture here where we really try to, we try to amass things. And, and there's nothing wrong with, with getting things. Uh, I, I enjoy things. I like being comfortable, and I certainly like having things uh, and some things we actually need. But where is our heart in this? And our culture oftentimes has it in the wrong place. Um, maybe some of you have seen this commercial on TV. You simply download an app, push a button, and your credit score magically increases. And the first one I saw of those, they showed, they showed the guy who was driving around in this beat-up old car. He downloads the app, pushes the button, and the next thing, he's driving this really nice car. Um, I saw another one where, uh, same thing with housing, guys in just this little tiny thing, you know, clothes strewn everywhere, pushes the button, next thing he's in this beautiful, overlooking the lake and everything. My wife told me, she saw one the other day, a woman was so excited because she had pushed the button, and she had, within a few hours, had received three credit card offers, and she was trying to, to decide which one of them she was going to take. And I don't want to be too critical of somebody I don't know, but where, where are the people's hearts when this is what we're after? You know, we need to make sure we're asking that question and follow what the Lord says, because now we have the parable after he says, one's life does not consist in the abundance of things he possesses. So what we have is a very, obviously, very successful man, a farmer, who happens to have a bumper crop one year. I figured, you know, I see in my mind, it's probably today, it, today we would say this guy had a mega farm because, I mean, he obviously was very rich and he had a lot, a lot of stuff because he was willing, he, if, if he could, he was going to be able to retire for years and years. So it was a pretty large operation that the Lord is talking about here. And he has all this extra crop and instead of giving thanks, He's patting himself on the back. And instead of figuring out, well, how can, I, how can I use this, he wants to store it. He's going to pull down his barns, go to the expense of pulling them down and building new ones so he can save this stuff. Where is this man's heart? Where is it? Now, the Lord says he was a rich man, and a rich man would not have been out in that field himself. Who would have been doing the actual work? His servants would have been there. They would have been the ones tilling the soil, sowing the seed, weeding, uh, tending the crops, and harvesting the crops and bringing them in. No mention from the man about them. No thanks to them. Of course, who provided the, the nutritious soil in the first place? And the sun and the rain needed for the crops to grow. Was God thanked in this either? No. 
Where was the man's heart? It says the land. The Lord said the land brought forth plentifully. Not this farmer making some very astute choices, planting the right crops at the right time. Where was the man's heart? Clearly, it was in the wrong place. So what was the result of that? Probably worse than having the Lord say, woe to you, is God saying, fool. Your soul is required of you this night. Everything this man had planned, everything he had worked for, all the treasure he had was gone that night. You know, we don't know when that's going to happen. We need to ask ourselves the question over and over again, where is my heart? And again, I am not saying anything about not putting money aside or not putting things aside for later on. In fact, I think the Lord actually tells us to look to the future as well. Spiritually, certainly in this parable. But we need to do so as well financially and be responsible. But it's where our heart is that's important here. And what, of everything this man had, the, the rich man in the parable, went to others. He didn't get to enjoy one moment of it. If our hearts are on things of earth, that's where our treasure is going to be. The question is, where are our hearts? So now as we enter this season of Advent, I would like us all to remind ourselves about that and ask the question, maybe every day, maybe several times a day, maybe you can get away with it less often than that. But where is our heart? Let us heed this lesson that the Lord teaches. Today and always, let us be sure our hearts are toward him and not laying aside, not toward laying aside treasures on earth but in heaven. And two, let us heed his final statement, which is, let he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Amen.